Welcome to Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. I'm your host, Carrie Drugan, and I will be showing you how average, everyday middle-class people are choosing to make positive changes in their life to accomplish what makes them happy. I hope these podcasts will allow you to feel a connection with people who are just like you and make you realize you can have the life you want. Hello, ordinary and extraordinary people. Today on episode three of our podcast, I have the wonderful Nick Scott. Nick Scott is probably one of the nicest, most kindest people I've ever met in my entire life. And he is here today to talk about how losing someone put things into perspective for him and allowed him to lose weight, get in better shape, run a couple marathons, and truly continue to be one of the most giving people ever. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our third episode of the podcast. I have on today Nick Scott. He is a friend of mine and one of the most giving people I've ever met. So welcome, Nick. Hi, how are you doing today? Excellent. So I actually want to start off uh, by reading a Facebook post that you put up the other day, just to give people an idea of the kind of person you are. You wrote, uh, I think it was yesterday, I'm hearing a lot of people losing power. I'm in the Fairfax area and still have power. If you need power for a few hours to do homework, study for finals, to stay warm until your power comes on, to watch your favorite TV show, let me know. And I saw that and I was like, who does that? (laughs) I just, and, and this is something, you know, I see you post constantly, you know, if you need a designated driver, if you need anything, if you need to vent, if you need a friend, just constantly giving. And it is just so beautiful. And I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, where does that come from? Where does that come from inside of you? And and how do you do it? Well, my grandma, long time ago, she always told me that um, it's better to give to the ones you love when they can smell them than giving it to them when they can't smell them at all. And at a young age, I didn't know what that meant until I lost a real close family member to me. And then it just all of a sudden just clicked because I was like, wow, he's actually gone. And I barely even told him that, hey, love you, bro, or this and that. So ever since then, I've been just wanted to give out to all my friends, close friends and family as much as possible. I love it. Is uh, Would you say that you were always like that or not until that incident was that kind of your outlook on life? Well, I was somewhat like that at a young age, but ever since that family member passed, I just decided to give more whenever I can. Right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, you know, the podcast is called Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. What kind of makes you kind of an everyday normal person like everybody else? Um, I like to go to the gym, like to go grocery shopping. Excellent. I like to go, I like to go jogging. I don't, I don't know if that's everybody, but. <laughs> that, that, that isn't everybody, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just like to watch TV and, and, and just have fun. Excellent. So you and I actually, we met because you and I used to kind of dance battle some hip hop at the club. Um, and I always love dancing against you because, again, just such a fun energy. Uh, was dance something that was always a part of your life? I mean, I know you still kind of got dance now. Where did that kind of come from? Uh, watching Michael Jackson videos. That, as, I, as did most, right? Yes. 
Uh, I think when I saw Billie Jean, it was either Billie Jean or Beat It. And I just wanted to dance like Mike. So I just kept on watching Michael Jackson videos and did my own little dance. And then uh, what really made me want to get into dancing was uh, breaking. Breaking one and breaking two. And I wanted to learn how to break dance so bad. So ever since those two movies came out when I was little, I just continued dancing and learned from it. Now, did you take any formal training or you taught yourself just by watching these videos? I just watch. I didn't take any training at all. I just watched the videos and I try to imitate what I saw on TV. And that's how that's how a lot of the greats do it. I know a lot of uh, Wade Robson, who was a big hip hop choreographer, kind of in the early two thousands. That was kind of his start, and then kind of got training from there. So when you go out to the club, and I know that you work at a club as well, um, you know a lot of the students I work with, they are kind of scared or to get on the dance floor and kind of show their stuff, you know, where does that confidence come from for you to be able to get on the dance floor and just do your thing? It's, for me, it's just having fun. I, I don't really mind. I don't care what people think of me when I'm on the dance floor. I'm still having a good time at the end of the day. So I just jump on the dance floor, show everyone what I know and try to learn off of everybody else that, uh, I don't know, moves that I don't know. And that's what I think is so cool uh, to dance against you. It's more with you because, you know, you'll kind of copy each other's moves. You'll feed off of one another. Um, and it's just, it's a really neat energy that kind of happens when you see you dancing with other people, which I, I really love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I want to talk also about kind of your weight loss journey. So kind of tell us a little bit about kind of where you were before, maybe how you were feeling, and then kind of what was that catalyst that made you realize, okay, I want to get in better shape, I want to have more energy, I want to live a healthier life? Before, um, I didn't really think I had a weight problem before until a good friend of mine, Amanda, she uh, approached me and asked if I wanted to do a marathon just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I looked at her, I was like, yeah, I can do a marathon. I, I see why not. I'm pretty I'm in pretty good shape. So um after I, I agreed with her, I decided to jog around my neighborhood and I was out of shape. I couldn't jog a block without uh stopping and walking and once I got home that day, after that jog, I hopped on the scale to see where I was at because in my mind I thought I was still my high school weight. But I knew I put on a little weight. So when I saw the scale, I told myself, I was like, wow, I am out of shape. I need to hit the gym and take this really seriously if I'm going to jog a marathon with her because this is not cool. So um, every day since, I I went to the gym. I got a gym membership. And I just stayed on the treadmill, I ate healthier, and I jogged around the neighborhood until I was able to jog a marathon. Now, where does, where does that come from? So it's easy to say, you know, oh, I wanted to get in better shape, and then I just did it. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have a problem with, okay, I'm not happy where I am, and I want to get to a certain area, but it's hard. It's hard. It hurts my knees when I run. I don't feel good. 
I'm just going to give up. You know, what was it that in your head or or your heart that kind of said, you know what, I have to keep going. You know, it's if I do this every day, it's going to get better. Where did that come from, and and what was happening? See, I'm a, a little kid sometimes. Um, I keep on playing Rocky in my head, saying that <laughs> I can I can do this, I can do this. And when I hear that song, it just gives me that extra motivation to actually go outside and jog. And then when I tell everybody on social media how many miles I jogged. They told me, they keep on telling me, good job, Nick, you can do this. I, I can't wait to see you jog your marathon. And that gave me another extra confidence to continue to uh, keep training for the marathon. So it was, it's pretty much Rocky and, and my friends. <laughs> I love it. Rocky is definitely a good one to help motivate. So mm-hmm. you're, you're doing all of this now. Um, also, you know, the eating is always a challenging thing as well. You yes, know, as I like to eat, right? <laughs> as do most of us, right? So, how did that? As you're running, you're like, okay, well, that's pretty good. You know, how did you kind of discipline yourself again? What was that talk in your head? You know, was it still the Rocky theme and and the the friendships helping with that, or was it something else that said, you know, no, I need to eat healthier um, to kind of get you through towards the marathon? It, it was. I'm smiling over here because um, I I also like to watch wrestling and I would one of at the time one of my favorite wrestlers he had this promo where he told him told everyone that he was straight edge and that's what I did too I looked in the mirror I was like I'm going straight edge until the marathon's over I am not going to drink I'm just going to eat healthy and call it a day I I. At, at some points, I was miserable because I wanted to have that that cheeseburger. <laughs> right, but, as do most of us. <laughs> but I, I just sucked it up. I was like, you know what? I'm doing this for a good cause. I'm actually doing this for me. So I'll put the cheeseburger to the side after the marathon. I'm going to have that cheeseburger with the two slices of pizza. <laughs> and, yeah, that I, I just... I just kept on psyching myself out, saying that I'm going straight edge. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm, and after the marathon, I can just pig out. That was my finish line. Was right. af, was picking out after the marathon. Excellent. So you um, now was there any particular training program you were following? You know, food wise or fitness wise? Because again, people always say, well. I don't have the right program or my knees hurt or I don't like this. You know, there's a lot of excuses. I kind of, you know, where did that support come from? You know, did you kind of just make up your own workout? Was it something you found online? You worked with a trainer. Uh, where did all of that come from? My own, um, I didn't really have a workout plan. I just had fun. I, if there was something that interests me, I would I would do it until I'm done with it. Like uh, DVDs, I would pick up a DVD, uh, one of those P90X DVDs, and I'll go through the whole uh, six months process because I would think it, it was fun at the time. And after I finish that, uh, I would do something else entertaining that would keep me going 
fitness wise, um, like going to a trampoline park and and roller skating. And then every now and then I would go hop on the bicycle and just bike ride around the park. Like I there there was no workout routine. It was just it sounds like a good idea. I know I'm gonna lose weight if I do this, so why not just do it? Right. I I am like sitting over here smiling because I I really do just enjoy your energy and just I love how everything about what you do is fun. Mm. You know, it and you find the fun in all that you do and so that it's enjoyable, which is fabulous. Um, so after, when you did the marathon, and this is your first time ever running a marathon, you said? Yeah, at the time, this was my first marathon. Okay, so when, well, take us through, as you were doing it, how you felt, because that's long. I mean, that's a lot of miles. So how you were, you know, how you felt as you were doing it, and then at the end, what did that feel like? At first, I was, I was loving life. It was just, uh, everybody was all together. You see the crowd cheering you on, you, you. You felt like you are are doing something incredible, like like this podcast. It's something incredible, and when the person said go, everyone's jogging. It was just a lot of energy, and I'm just jogging, having a good time, waving to everybody because the first few miles, you really you really are not going as fast as you want to because everybody's so bunched up together, but you're still having a good time just waving at everybody, hearing everyone cheering you on. And then once you get through, once I got through uh, 13 miles, that's when I was like, wow, I just finished half a marathon and I got 13 more miles to go. My body is kind of hurting. <laughs> yes, um, I bet, yeah. <laughs> but I, I just kept on going because everyone, there's still so many people just cheering you on and you're just like, Hi, how you guys doing? And uh, when I got to mile, it was either mile fifteen, mile seventeen. There's a there's a mile that you have to complete, or you'll be waiting behind the bridge because uh, Wilson Wilson Bridge it goes up if you do not cross it at a certain time. So in the back of my mind, that's when I was. Like, I need to get there before this time. And I did. I got mm-hmm. it before that time, and I was just happy. I was like, all right, I can relax a little bit, but at the same time, I have a, a time I want to be. I need to keep on going. Don't slow down. Mile 18, I saw a little kid I in a Captain America suit. And... I realized I didn't give anybody a high five all throughout the race. So I was like, let me give this little kid a high five. Gave him a high five, and I felt uh, a pain on my starting from my feet all the way up to my back. And I was like, oh, you were the one that made me decide to uh, slow down and walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give it to Captain America over here. <laughs> But it, it was it was okay. I was okay after a while. I mile twenty. I decided to pick up the pace and jog again. Mile twenty three. Um, I felt that pain 
all over again. So I walked a little bit more. And then towards the end of the, the race, I gave it everything I had. I was in tears. I was hurting. I wanted to finish. And as soon as I crossed that finish line and saw the time I got, I was loving life again because I, not only I beat the time I wanted to beat, but I uh, I did it within an hour That's of beating it. awesome. Yeah. That is so yeah. great. So, uh, I mean, I just, I, I have never run a marathon. I'm in fitness, but I, I have not done that. And I am just always impressed by people that take the time and the energy to go through that. So you should be super proud of yourself for having done that. And after that finished, you know, a lot of times people, you know, they get in shape again for um, a marathon, for a wedding, for an event, and then they kind of go back to your old habits. How are you able to say, okay, I'm done, I have my cheeseburger, my two slices of pizza, but I'm still going to maintain a healthy lifestyle? Um, it took a it took a couple months for me to get back into that healthy lifestyle because I was in so much pain from jogging the marathon. I really just wanted to take some time off. And Thanksgiving was also around the corner, so that was that was a lot to to intake. But after that, I, I told myself, well, no, I take that back. When I finished the marathon, my dad asked me if I was going to jog another marathon to see if I can beat uh, the time that I just crossed. And I looked at my dad, and I was like, Dad, I just finished the marathon. Can I have some time to actually process this now? So he's like, all right, I'll give you some time. And... After Thanksgiving, he brought it back to my attention, and I was still in pain. I was like, uh, "That's that's a good that's a good question, Dad. I I don't know if I'm going to jog another marathon." And what what really made me wonder if I could actually beat my time, my uh, finishing time for next year, was I decided to go outside to the track and field and see what my six mile time would be. And I was like, you know what? I, I just beat my six mile. Normally I jog a six mile, uh, jog within an hour. And that day I did six miles in like 45 minutes or so. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do another marathon. If I can do six, uh, miles in 45 minutes, and I signed up, and uh, the the marathon coming up was um, it was they were doing a lottery. So I said to myself, "All right, if I it was a lottery, and um, you can jog the seventeen seventy five." I told myself if. I'm able to get into the 1775, then it's meant for me to do another marathon. And when I signed up, within 12 minutes of registration opening, uh, no, registration was closed within 12 minutes, and I was one of the few people that got into the 1775. And I said, wow, all right, well, I guess I'm going to do another marathon. <laughs> It was meant to be to do That's another right. Marathon. That is awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about, because you just mentioned your dad. 
what role has your family and kind of your upbringing had in how you are as a person today? Oh, wow. Um, they're always positive. They're always behind me with everything I do. They, they're they really supportive. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, my dad, he's a, a math teacher, and he was hoping that I would grow up to be just like him, like any other father. But when he found out that I wanted to, at the time, I wanted to uh, be in hotel management, uh, he was like, oh, really? Well, in high school, there's classes for this, that, and that. You should sign up for those classes and see if you like it. Signed up for the classes, loved it to death. And uh, I, after high school, I was in hotel, but I was not in hotel for, I was not working for the hotel uh, as a front desk manager like I wanted to be. I, instead, I was a security officer a, or loss prevention. And I loved the the job so much that I kept on uh, pursuing in loss prevention. And my dad was just like, you see, uh, you, you can do anything you want to do. Just keep your head straight, stay positive, always stay smiling, and you'll go far in life. And within a year or so, I was loss prevention associate to loss prevention manager. And it's all because my dad just kept on telling me to stay positive, and he was just being supportive of everything I do. You know, and uh, I also come from a very supportive, loving, caring family, and it's made a huge um, impact in who I am as a person today. And I will say, I don't know your experience, uh, but a lot of people I meet, unfortunately, did not grow up in something like that. Um, And so it makes it very hard for them to see the positivity or to see, you know, okay, I can do the things that I want to do. So one of the things that I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that I've noticed about you is you've also created a family, call it a family, with your friends. Yes. Um, And I think that's really beautiful as well. So, you know, how did that kind of start? And, you know, how do you tell people that maybe didn't come from such a great upbringing, how can you create your own family with other people that maybe aren't blood relatives? We, uh, well, um, the friends that I grew up with, the friends I grew up with, um, we all met dancing. That was our first love, our first passion. We didn't even really talk to each other in the clubs, but our, our dance moves was our, our body language, our second language. Mm-hmm. And after a while, when seeing each other week by week after week, we decided to talk to each other and try to make plans to hang out outside of the clubs. We did that. We found out we all have the same uh, interests with everything else uh, that we just we just all click so well. It, it, it's amazing feeling to 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 meet these these people in my life. Um, Words really can't describe my friends right now because they're all amazing in their own ways. We're always there for each other. Um, 
Yeah, wow. I mean, I I think um, like I said, I like you know, not everybody grew up in such a great home, so. People always think, well, I'm not close to my parents or my siblings or my grandparents or whatever. I don't have any support. But you can find support from other people around you. And like you said, just it starts from a common interest. Uh, I also call my dance team a family as well. Uh, same thing. You know, they meet together every Saturday, but they've created friendships outside of that. They help one another. And it's just a really good feeling to have just a group of people that support and love you no matter what. And that really, to me, is a definition of family. Yes, yes, it is. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. I. I just think it's so. It's really is so great. So, what would you say to people that? I mean, I'm sure that people listening can tell that you have such a positive energy about you. You're you're so fun. Um, you really have a great energy and confidence. Again, people that are lacking those things, how would you tell them to find them? How would you tell them to find positivity? to find the energy, to find the confidence, to find whatever it is they need to take the next step in their life to do something that would make them happy? For me, I just be myself. I I, I just like to, to if, if it seems like a good idea at the time, don't hold back. Just go with it and see where it goes from there. Because it, it, it could be something great. It could be, uh, it, it could not be. But at the same, at that time, at moment in time, you went with that feeling. And you don't know what everyone's going to react to, how they're going to react to. Nine, eight out of ten times, they're just going to react positive And they're just going to cheer you on or give you some kind of positive feedback. So you think that actually more people will support your choice and efforts, again, if it's in good conscience, you're not hurting anyone, versus yes. people making fun of you or putting you down? Yes, I do. Because I, 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 I just go with the feeling. I, I'm happy with myself if I actually made the effort and, and do what's, whatever I feel like doing. Versus um, second guessing myself and wondering what if uh, if I did that certain thing, like I would feel happier for myself if I attempt to do a backflip off a trampoline than just looking at the trampoline and saying, I think I'm going to sit this one out <laughs> because I don't know if I can land it. If I don't land it, everyone's going to laugh at me. Well, to me, I'd rather have them laugh at me and then ask if I'm okay or laugh at me as in, hey, Nick, you gave it a try. I, I like your positive attitude because I would not go up and do that. Uh, try to do a backflip off a trampoline. Yes, so. I totally agree. That's very, yeah. very true. Um, so where can, if people want to connect with you after hearing this, because uh, like I said, I think you're just a wonderful person to be around. Where can they find you? Is there a place on Facebook or Instagram or something or Twitter um, that you would uh, like to share? I'm on Facebook. It's uh, Nick Scott. Very simple. Yeah, <laughs> we'll is. post it in the show notes too, so that way they can they can message you if they want, and if if you feel comfortable, you can add them as a friend. But 
Um, yeah. Like I said, you've, you've got an amazing energy. So I think people will definitely gravitate towards that. So where, where is kind of your next thing? What is the next thing you're working on? You know, what's the next stage of your life of, you know, you, you like I said, you got in shape, you're living your life being happy. Uh, what's kind of the next thing that you're looking to accomplish? Um, I just finished my second marathon in October. And after that, I said, I'm not doing any more marathons for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next long time goals will be jogging a triathlon, jogging Tough Mudder and, and all the Spartan runs that I can within uh, locally. And I want to do a 100-mile run. But I'm, I'm saying it's a long-time goal because I want to do it before I'm 46. And right now I'm 32, so I somewhat don't got all that time. <laughs> so why 46 versus 40 or 45 or 50? Because I still want to have fun when I'm 45. <laughs> <laughs> I like I'm, it. I like I'm, it. I'd rather be aching and in pain at 46. 45 is still a nice little round number to have fun. That's good. All right, last question for you. What would you say, maybe in one line or two lines, what kind of your life mantra is? Ah, hmm. That's a good question. I need to really think about this. <laughs> I know I've, I've stumped my other couple guests as well, but kind of, you know, again, it doesn't have to be super profound. You know, what, what is kind of what you live by every single day? Uh, one thing I live by every single day is just waking up, eating, dancing, just enjoying life. That's perfect. I'd say that's a pretty good life. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so wonderful. Well, well thank you I'm... so much, Nick. Uh, again, I hope everybody can see just how giving, how kind, how loving, how positive you are. It's just, you just have such an amazing energy about you. And I know that so many wonderful things are going to come your way because of it. Thank you. Well, we will talk with you next time. Thank you very much. All right. You take care now. Thanks so much for listening to Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. Please be sure to check out my website at emotiondancefit.com. That's E-M-O-T-I-O-N-D-A-N-C-E-F-I-T.com to see the show notes, including how to get in contact with Nick. Don't forget to leave a comment and share this with your friends so they can realize all the extraordinary things they're truly capable of. If you want more inspired interviews like this, be sure to subscribe to this podcast over at iTunes. And remember that each of us is capable of achieving anything we want in life. How will you choose to live?